This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. The Great Courses has a collection of lecture series geared towards professionals, including Scientific Secrets for a Powerful Memory, How Conversation Works, Art of Public Speaking, and Influence, Mastering Life's Most Powerful Skill. These series offer great tools and insights for anyone looking to improve their recall at work, hone their presentation skills, or become a better negotiator. And now, for a limited time, The Great Courses has a special offer for Weekly Standard listeners. Order any of these four business and presentation courses for just $9.95. This special price of $9.95 is available only for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Steve Hayes. So as of today, where are you on the Trump inevitably fades versus Trump is potentially a GOP nominee? Everything I've read about political history tells me he he fades. Mm-hmm. Tells me this goes away. Tells me this isn't sustainable. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't know anything. Uh, he's not studying anything. He refuses to to prepare for debates. He talks in generalities that are sometimes so absurd they're insulting. I mean, if you look, I, I wrote an article for the Weekly Standard last night looking at the three policy answers that he gave in the debate last week. He said he now wants to talk about politics. I said, okay, let's let's treat him as a serious candidate. So I went and looked at the three policy answers he gave. One was on, uh, a question about what he would do with Mexico and asking for evidence that the Mexican government was actually sending their rapists uh, and murderers to the United States. He couldn't provide any and basically stumbled through the answer. The second was on single-payer health care, which he embraced. He said it works. It works in Canada, works in Scotland. He said it might not work here, and then he talked a little uh, selling insurance across state lines, which is a good idea, but never reconciled. The, the difference between why competition is uh, necessary here in the United States and more of it would be helpful to solve our problems and why it's not necessary and works great elsewhere. Oh. Uh, and the third question was on Iran, and I won't even attempt to describe his answer on that. It was <laughs> utter gibberish. I mean, it literally made no sense. And it was a very straightforward question. I mean, there was this question about Qasem Soleimani, the Iranian general, having taken a trip to Russia, violated sanctions, problems, uh, both with respect to Iran and with respect to Russia, having received him. A straightforward question about how you'd respond. He said nothing. Well, I have to say that I have to say that saying you're going to solve the um, problem of Iran and it's uh, returning to Russia by attacking Megyn Kelly did not. I, I have to admit, I didn't follow that one either. And it's interesting now watching how the media are treating Donald Trump. I, I, I watched a Fox and Friends interview this morning, and I swear it looked like the interviewers you could see out of the corner of their eye someone holding their family members hostage off camera. I mean, they were so, and tell us, Mr. Trump, why are you so wonderful again? And the interview I saw later on CNN wasn't significantly different. I mean, are, are the media now afraid of the Trump supporters to the point that they're thinking maybe we got to find a getaway on the ban- way get on the bandwagon so we can get us a piece of that 26 million viewers from the debate Thursday night. Well, look, I mean, Fox and Friends. To be fair to them, they've been very friendly to Trump 
going back bef- to well before he was a candidate. Wait, wait, wait. I thought they, they were trying to destroy. Always... I thought they were trying to destroy him. I could have sworn that Donald Trump just spent the weekend saying Fox is trying to destroy him at the hands of Roger Ailes. <laughs> right, right. Now, Fox and Friends has been friendly to Donald Trump to well before he was even running for president. The uh, On the broader question, though, I mean, look, there's a huge double standard at, at work right now. Um, you know, what other candidate can call into the Sunday morning talk shows and do phone interviews with, you know, get, get that kind of exposure, that time of kind of airtime without having to show up actually in person. And, you know, it should be noted, Donald Trump uh, live works awfully close to the studio. So he lives <laughs> in the media capital of the world, and yet he can't be bothered to make the short trip to actually appear in person to do some of these shows. Um, and, you know, the other candidates, if I were the other candidates, I'd be chafing at the fact that, that he gets to do this and they don't. The other part of the conversation is the Donald Trump supporters. And there's a lot of conversation about whatever you do, don't, uh, you know, un, uh, imply that the supporters are doing something foolish or silly by backing him. I read a fascinating piece at the Weekly Standard by a certain Stephen Hayes that made a very different argument. What should the response be from people who think that these reporters really are backing someone who makes no sense? Or when you see, as I'm so sorry, I see quite a bit in my uh, 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 Twitter feed, etc., you know, uh, conversations from the kind of white supremacy, what about white people end of the spectrum coming in to defend right. Donald Trump. Should we just ignore who these defenders are and ignore what they're saying and simply say, well, one day he'll be gone and they'll have to do something else? No, and I think it's very important to make a distinction here. There is no doubt that there is massive frustration with both Democrats and Republicans from Republican rank and file Republicans, conservative movement types about what's happened in Washington, particularly what's happened with the leadership of the Republican Party in Washington. Trump would like you to believe that he's, in effect, uh, different. He's a departure from politics as usual. He is not, in fact, a departure from politics as usual. In fact, he does the very thing that everyday ordinary politicians do. He just does it bigger and louder and sometimes more luxuriously. Uh, you know, Donald Trump flip-flops like regular politicians. In fact, more than regular politicians. He whines like regular <laughs> politicians. He uses straw men like regular politicians. He makes up statistics like regular politicians. Donald Trump is basically a regular politician on steroids. And the idea that conservatives would turn to Donald Trump to solve their problems makes absolutely no sense. So I understand the frustration. I understand people who are disaffected. I understand even the anger. What I don't understand is why anyone in their right mind or who can read and listen would turn to Donald Trump as the solution to those problems. Uh, and, you know, I feel like a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, and I, I know that seems weird, Stephen, but think about you're a Bernie Sanders supporter and you show up at a Bernie Sanders rally because you're really interested in his ideas. And, you know, finally, you've got a candidate who really does reflect your ideas. And then what happens? Some activists in a movement that has some legitimate complaints show up and they scream and yell and end the conversation. And that's what it's like, I think, to be a Republican, this cycle where you finally have these fascinating candidates. If you're a libertarian-leaning guy like me, you, know, you get to hear some Rand Paul. If you're, uh, you know, if you're interested in uh, you know, breaking the government union stranglehold, you're interested in Walker and Ruby, all these people. And just to the time that I'm ready to have this real grown-up conversation, these screaming kids show up and end the whole conversation. I happen to believe that ma- the majority of the crowd is as annoyed as I am, but 
I'm starting to wonder. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that they are. I mean, look, this this could be this could be a, a very interesting moment in American political history. Are we at the point where, in fact, policy and ideas don't matter really as much as uh, you know TV and shouting? Sure. And you know, certainly, certainly, some people would say that we passed that point a long time ago. I like to give voters more credit than that. I mean, I do think to a certain extent, people it matters what politicians say. It matters what ideas they support. And certainly in the context of the times, uh, I think it off, often changes elect, electoral outcomes. But, you know, Donald Trump isn't offering policies right now. He is sort of anti-policy uh, to the extent that he's saying anything. He's, you know, shouting at his opponents, often shouting at Republicans and choosing not to shout at Hillary Clinton, I would add. Or boasting about himself. So he's not talking about policy. He keeps saying he wants to talk about policy. But then the, in the very next sentence, literally, he did this in the Meet the Press interview this weekend, said, I got to get back to policy because I'm awesome and my jobs plan would be great. <laughs> but that's not a jobs plan. It is interesting how much time he spends trashing Republicans. He actually promoted that smear of you know Jeb Bush when Jeb Bush misspoke and meant to talk about abortion funding and he used the phrase women's health. And there's Donald Trump attacking Jeb Bush this way that you'd expect an MSNBC host to attack him. I mean, attacking you know Fox News uh, the way that you are you used to hearing people in the New York Times attack Fox News. I once again I just want is are the people are supporting him. Apparently they don't ever hear a single word. Do they have the TV on mute? Steve, is that what's going on here? Well, you know, they, they might. I mean, there was a very interesting moment uh, on in Fox and Friends interview this morning. Um, you know, he was asked a question, a general question, a broad question about how he's doing in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And Trump chose to take that question and beat the heck out of Scott Walker. Right. And he used what I consider to be discredited Democratic talking points about Walker and a projected $2.2 billion deficit shows you that Trump has done his homework on Walker. He may not be studying to come up with his own policy proposals, but he knows the details. He knew that Wisconsin was, according to Trump, uh, the 38th ranked state country in terms of productivity and job growth. Uh, So he's done his research on Scott Walker, and he used that very open-ended question about Iowa to go after Scott Walker in a very tough way. A moment later, he was asked about Hillary Clinton, and she basically insulted him yesterday at a news conference in Exeter, New Hampshire, when she was asked why she went to his wedding. And she said, basically, I thought it would be entertaining, but wow, he's a presidential candidate. Now it's really troubling. Donald Trump, who goes after anybody who even hints at an insult of him, said nothing at all critical about Hillary Clinton basically laughed it off, said, I guess she didn't, I guess she feels differently now, ha, 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 and then turns his answer into an attack on Jeb Bush for raising $114 million. I mean, it it was a striking moment, I think, because you have one open-ended question where Trump chooses to go after Scott Walker. You have a question that clearly sets up a Trump response to Hillary Clinton, and he chooses to take it and go after Jeb Bush. Steve Hayes, that's a great point and another great podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please visit weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.